Hi, I'm Cheryl and Fenn. Hello, this is Christabel. Hello, this is Michael Horse. I'm Amy Shields. I'm Mark Frost. Hi, I'm Kimmy Robertson. Hey, Ben, this is David Duchovny. Twin Peaks is over 30 years old. There's so much more to learn about Twin Peaks. I, we recommend you pick up our book, Twin Peaks Unwrap the Book, to find out even more about the show that you love. We have tons of great stuff. We have over 100 interviews. We have commentary from the community. We have us. We have some great photos that have never been seen by most folks. I think if you're a diehard Twin Peaks fan, you're going to absolutely love this book, and you will definitely learn something new. So pick it up at bluerosemag.com. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. The fate of the series Twin Peaks has been almost as much of a mystery as where Bob might show up next. First it was off, and now it's back on, but on Thursday nights. The last six episodes will begin airing on March 28th. Cast and crew are wrapping up what could be the last episode ever of the series, with David Lynch directing... Lynch joined fellow cast members in revealing to Sherry Sylvester some of the peak secrets. I've been told that uh, one whole room is filled with logs, and um, they've gotten uh, um, all sorts of uh, packages, you know, in the mail. And one of, just recently, uh, Bob called and said he'd received a, a beautiful can of uh, creamed corn. Logs and creamed corn were sent by fans after an appeal by Peaks creators to keep the show on the air. Parties are already planned by Peaks fans across the country, and some of the characters from the fictional logging town plan to attend. Lynch has one last thought on the return of Twin Peaks. We just hope that uh, the donut manufacturers and the pie makers uh, really cook up a storm. Welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian Kazaska. And beside me, as always... Ben Durant. And Ben, you told me today we're going to do something different. We're going to yeah, take a break. it's a special show, right? Yeah. I always got to do these specials every month. We had Joel on last week. Right. Which, thank you, Joel, for being on. Thank you, Joel. You're and awesome. The great thing about Twin Peaks, and also almost the great thing about when we started doing the show, is you like to kind of... We're, we're kind of like... Uh, we're kind of like telling the history of Twin Peaks. You're mm. telling the history of Twin Peaks through this podcast, but through the, you, Brian, through me, <laughs> no. and we're and it's kind of cool because you're you're telling it in order as you remember it and as it happened, and in the history of Twin Peaks, something we're, happened. We're, we're unwrapping Twin Peaks. We're, we're yeah, trying, yeah. I mean, that's why I was thinking we have layers, and like I'm really interested. In, into the history and trying yeah. to get a better sense of I lived it I mean I did watch it but it's still kind of like I didn't know this I didn't know that like today well first you know on episode 23 at the end of that episode I, I mentioned that the show was going on a hiatus that, that yep. at, at that time period uh, the ratings weren't that well that good and ABC decided to put it on hiatus and at the time they did say oh we'll probably bring it back and we'll move it to another night and stuff mm. like that but there was a real concern then that, that like okay we have no idea when the show is coming back is the show going to get cancelled and so at that time there was people out there 
uh, who, who who wanted to save the show. And one of those were these two guys who did Coop, which is the, the citizens opposing offing of Peaks. And we, we get the chance today <laughs> to talk to the co-founders. Uh, and, and that's where, that's what it's all about today. Is yeah, really the so chance. cool. And uh, why don't we give them a call? Yes. So we're now on the phone with the uh, co-founders of Coop, the citizens opposing offing of Peaks, Michael Caputo. Yeah, he he's an owner of a PR firm and talk host in New York. And Keith Poston, uh, public schools advocate in North Carolina. Hi, guys. Hey, how you doing? Good. How you doing, guys? Hey. So first, before we get into the organization, the COOP, I'd love to hear about, like, how did you guys get into Twin Peaks? Like, how did you guys first learn about the show? How did you guys become fans? Well, Keith, uh, Keith was the first one to take the plunge, so he, he better start. <laughs> well, yeah, I was, you know, I was, I was just thinking about that uh, when it first got I think at that point, I hadn't moved to D.C. yet. I was still, I was living um, on the coast in North Carolina. I graduated from uh, college from Carolina in 1989, and we were living down at the beach working on a campaign. I remember when the show premiered, and I, I, I guess the one thing that jumps out to me as I was watching it was like I'd never seen anything like it before. You know, it was, mm. I was already, a, I was already a fan of David Lynch, and so. You know, I was looking forward to you know to checking it out, but I just remember watching it and kind of thinking, I, I can't believe this is actually on television, or actually but certainly yeah. not on network television. It was just so uh, so different than anything. I mean, I mean now, I mean looking, I mean it still holds up well, but you know when you look at so much um, programming that's available now from all the uh, you know, cable channels, uh, you know from AMC to HBO to FX, all I mean. I mean, now it seems kind of tame compared to, I don't know, American Horror Story or mm. uh, something like that. Right. But back then, you really were still in the, you know, yeah, you had HBO and you had the major network, but there really wasn't a lot else out there. It, 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 in some ways, it seems like a lot longer ago than 25 years. But, um, yeah. but yeah, that was, that's what really got me, and, and, I was, and I was hooked from there. And then, you know, and Mike and I were already friends, but then I moved up to D.C. Uh, uh, not too long after that and, and you know, continued to watch it with him. Cool. Well, you know, it was Keith. Keith was the one that got me to watch it. And hmm. I had, I was in D.C. Keith had, li- had been living in D.C. before he graduated. Uh, work. We were both working for uh, Jack Kemp for president. We were we were both uh, writers uh, on his campaign for president. And Keith went back and finished his degree. And after the, uh, Kemp dropped out of the 1988 race, I stayed on in, in the Washington area. And Keith got me into the into the into the uh, show basically by telephone telling me about it yeah. <laughs> and frankly when i uh when i first started watching it it was probably the first television show i had watched with any kind of habit or, or even attraction to it mm. in 15 years i mean mm. tv had lost me mm. long before that so what twin peaks you know what twin, twin peaks accomplished was turning me back into you know someone who was interested in television and i thought that was something that would be, you know, that was kind of remarkable for me, and I thought it was probably pretty remarkable for a lot of people. Hmm. And, Michael, you started inviting people over to watch the show with you? We used to have, uh, when Keith moved back uh, in, uh, to Washington, I uh, uh, we, I guess Keith, we were we were roommates at the time or soon after, and everybody yeah. was doing, we were having watching parties, and, uh, Keith, I kind of was the one who was getting people into it because I was still uh, uh, nascent on the show, and he uh, 
he was talking to a lot of other people. He's kind of an evangelist for Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny is, I mean, Twin Peaks. I mean, even 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 though it did get some you know mainstream popularity. I mean, you know, I, re- I mean, I still remember the uh, you know the girls of Twin Peaks and the cover of Rolling Stone. And, oh yeah. You know, it was ma- it was it was making TV Guide and Entertainment Weekly and stuff like that. But it was still. I mean, it was never, um, you know, like Friends or Seinfeld. I mean, it was never a water cooler show. I mean, so you, it was still kind of this sort of like, you know, sort of edgy, odd thing. I mean, come on, again, think about 25 years ago, and you had, you know, David Duchovny and Bragg. Um, you know? yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, I mean, having, you know, having sort of cross-dressers in a mainstream program, and it was just like, oh, that's, you know, that's just sort of, the, you know, his thing now. It, it was kind of, again, it was just, and I think for us, you know, we watched, of course, again, and it goes back to the technology. I mentioned, I looked at an old clip the other day, and it mentioned us about recording the show on our VCR. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. and, watch, and watching it back on VHS. But that, you know, again, that was the technology back then. That, sure. you know, it's funny, as you, when Mike first mentioned this to me about you guys wanting to do this uh, interview, the thing I kept thinking about was how much technology and everything had changed mm. in, the, in, in television and programming. And it just... It just seems like a different world, and I guess in a lot of ways it is. Yeah, people now stream well, you know, stream shows, right? Yeah, we, don't yeah. even, we don't even need to. We don't need to be sitting in front of the TV. We don't need VCR, DVDs. We just stream them anywhere we want. Yeah, were you gonna say you gonna say something? Well, you know, we had uh, we were also thinking about the technology that we were using to try to get people to rally behind the show, and uh, what Keith? I guess it was in two and a half weeks. We had over ten thousand. Was it ten thousand, Keith? Oh, About wow. ten thousand, I think. Right. Yeah. In two and a half weeks, we we gathered the names and addresses and telephone numbers of ten thousand people, and that was via U.S. mail. Mm, wow. Something. It, you know, the, you you hear about you know, uh, uh, and and uh, uh, viral videos. Can you imagine? You know uh, what would have been what we could have done if we had the internet at our fingertips. And right. ABC would have been would have been underwater. I mean. <laughs> We had, yeah, I mean, there was, we were, we were, we had a, a a reviewer who wrote something we thought was insulting about the show. So we sent out a mail, a mailer, which cost us each one twenty five cents or a little mm. more, uh, encouraging people to send that writer a can of cream corn. <laughs> and um, we understand that that person was buried in cans of, of cream corn, and they they were they were interviewed, and they said, "Oh, I got nothing." But we know for for hundreds of people that we know personally sent them cans of cream corn. We did as well. So we're pretty sure she got thousands of cans. And that was with U.S. mail. That's something. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I mean, I mean Mike, we saw like a couple of old, you know, like buddy duddies from like, oh, yeah, back in the day. But, I mean, it really was a very, it was a very different time. Yeah. You know, we really didn't start it out um, as something that was, you know, we didn't envision it to be some national campaign. Really, Mike mentioned when he was introducing us that uh, we both did public relations. So it really kind of started out as well. We had a group of friends who wanted, you know, were you know, pretty upset, you know, bummed out that the show was on hiatus, probably wasn't going to come back on the air. So we, you know, we took our PR hats on and, and said, well, let's let's create something and put a press release together. I mean, so yeah. it really kind of it really kind of started that way. We, you know. Literally, Mike and I, neither one of us did entertainment PR. We were both, you know, more political guys. But we were like, oh, let's find out who all the people are at Variety at Entertainment Weekly USA today and the ones who write this kind of, as we saw, this fluff stuff about, you know, TV. And let's put together this organization that we'll say is headquartered here. And, you know, Hmm. we've got all these people coming together. 
and and you know faxed it out. We didn't have the work. This was before you know email was even all that um, prevalent. I mean, and so we you know faxed this press release out, and I don't remember who the very first story was. Um, that's something I should go back and look. But I mean, I remember the two, a couple of the really big ones. Tom Shells of the Washington Post wrote a pretty extensive piece. USA Today covered us regularly, and and that was that was probably. I think that fellow was the first one. That guy from Gannett was the first one. Yeah, the very the USA Today really, and, and it not only did it run in USA Today, but you get that papers you know across the country, and that just took off. And that's when we also started. Um, including the press releases and interviews, just started answering a lot of the questions using the lines from the show. Um, yeah. And a lot of the people, you know, reporters had no idea. A lot of them weren't fans and even know, what, you know, that we were kind of goofing at the time on them. But, um, you know, that was stuff fun to look back at. Yeah, Keith, you were the spokesman what was it for it. To Keith, you said, when somebody asked you, what do you think of Bob Iger? And you said, uh, what, something, what, what did you say? <laughs> I, told, I said, I said, I said, you remind me today of a small Mexican chihuahua. Um, That's great. That was, I, was, I was quoting the USA Today, and, and Rob that Iger was is the USA Today. Yeah. And, and Bob Iger is, yeah, he's now like, well, isn't he like president of Walt Disney Company, and he's probably yeah. one of the biggest, biggest, like you know, uh, swinging D's in Hollywood. And but you, you know, know what, 20, Keith? twenty-five years ago, I called him a small dog. I love it. But listen, dude. I mean, if you've seen pictures of him, he still looks like a small Mexican <laughs> Chihuahua. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Keith, you were the spokesman, and you would do Twin Peaks quotes all the time. And if you weren't a fan, you probably didn't know what you were talking about. Like even like the Twin Peaks Gazette, you would say something about Albert's uh, line about you know, share Truman, I love you, and instead say Bob, I love you, but you know, save the show. And that was great stuff. I mean, I, I think that was really fun. So it, yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun. So around- we actually met a lot of people from around the country. You know, some pretty strange rangers, but we we made some really good friends. And actually, even though Keith and I were already pretty close, that whole Twin Peaks experience cemented it. I mean, Keith and I talk every single day now, mm. so many years later. Every day we do, and we haven't been to the same city for decades. Wow. It was kind of a bonding experience. If you remember, Keith, we made some really good friends. We had chapters yeah, we- open in something like 15 cities, and at the end of it, um, when when we were trying so very hard to get them back on the air and they and they relented, uh, David Lynch actually organized a multi-city satellite feed and sent stars of the show around to different cities, and we had viewing parties at satellite-capable bars. That's awesome. And I think fifteen cities. And Keith, who came and uh, who came to visit us in Washington? And, and, and who was it? it was, yeah, one of them. Yeah, was, we had we had, yeah, Mark go ahead. Hamblin. Russ yeah, Russ Hamlin, we had, we had Don Jacoby, and we had Leo. We had Eric Sarai, nope. uh, uh, as well as Ken Shearer, who was the head of the, of the studio. Yeah, I think right. it was the 15 minutes. Uh... Satellited in. David Lynch got satellited in to every single bar from California. So it was, that was pretty high-tech for those days. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it was a 15 minutes uh, uh, downtown club that you guys did that at. That, yeah, right. In Washington. That's really cool. I think you guys would have – well, if I can step back – it was February sixteenth, nineteen ninety one, that they made the announcement that the show was going on hi- hiatus. Was that was that when you guys started? Like you heard that announcement and you said, "Okay, this show might not be coming back." And it was at the start of the campaign, or did you guys know before that announcement that maybe you needed to to, to start something? Oh, I, what I recall it was it was within within forty eight hours after that announcement. I mean, again, yeah. this was. 
you know, this was, per, I mean, there wasn't, you know, we weren't following on Twitter. There wasn't, there weren't, you know, Facebook pages or so you really heard about it, you know, more your traditional, you know, inter, you know I don't know where we probably heard about it. Probably, as a matter of fact, probably saw it in the top in Tom Shales, Washington Post um, hmm. TV column. Yeah. Um, um, and, and so, I mean, it really was, it was like, it probably came out on the Tuesday or Wednesday and we were probably at the bar. I mean, like, we were in our early 20s at this point. Um, hmm. We probably were at the bar a couple of nights later talking to some other people and it just kind of, it kind of cranked up that way. I mean, I just remember putting, it just seemed like it all sort of came together, the the idea of a group and then a party and then a logo and a press release. And it was just, I, it's kind of hard to look back now and remember sure. sort of what started what first, but it was really, no, it all kind of happened, you know, kind of between the two of us and, and some of our friends. Yeah, and you really- well, it was really interesting as well. I mean, the generosity of everyone that was involved, I mean, we couldn't afford any of this. We were 20-something new guys in, in mm. Washington. We knew a lot about PR, and we had some techniques. And both of, it just, both of us had just come off a national presidential campaign. Mm. So we knew all about media markets and how to move the needle. But we had no money. So in order to do it, we got permission from David Lynch to make an official Twin Peaks T-shirt that he would just give us exclusive license to. It wouldn't bother us about license fees. And uh, and we sold those keys. What was it for? Like twelve or fifteen bucks? I think it was like thirteen dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you got you got to look at everything. Yeah. Paid for everything. That's awesome. And so you know, you reach out to David Lynch. I mean, it's not like you, you, like Brian and I can't go and, and find his phone number and call David Lynch yeah. up and say, "Hey, uh, can you do this?" <laughs> how how did you reach out well, to David Lynch? Well, that's that's a great story, and we and we actually did. I mean, that's that's the beauty of how this thing happened. Just like the reporters, David Lynch called me at my office. Wow. Um, and I mean, I'm saying I can. I mean, I can still I can still remember that day when I picked up the phone, and it was like, "Keith, David Lynch here." And he was like doing like the call. He's like, "I want to tell you what a great job I think y'all are doing." And and, and, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, and he, and he kind of paused, and I'm like, I was like, "I'll oh, fuck you, like, you know." It's like you know, I'm like I started laughing, like I know this is. Uh, he thought it was uh, me. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Because, I mean, we were just, because that, that would be the kind of thing that we would just goof with each other. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure everybody does that, but, you know, back then, it's much, particularly in D.C., you were always calling people's offices and pretending to be somebody else. So, literally, Lynch called me at the office to tell me what a great job um, he thought we were doing. And after about a minute, where after I you know, first said, no, nah, this, you know, I draw it, Caputo, I'm busy or something. And then he right. kept talking. And then Mark Frost was on the phone too. Wow! Um, wow! And I was just, yeah. You know, at that point, I was kind of like, holy shit, you know, that was it was really something. And and that's when he said, I really want to, you know, appreciate this. I really appreciate what y'all are doing, and um, you know, let me know, you know, what we can do to, you know, um, to, to help. I, we we think it's making a difference. And and that was and that was kind of it. And after that, I think we sort of. I know, you know, Mike had a chance to see David again out in L.A. Um, on a bike trip. But we, we basically at that point got connected with some of the more of the studio people. And, mm. and so we had a we, we had a pretty quick entree at that point whenever we needed something. And the whole notion of having um, these viewing parties and sending stars, how that all came from them. I mean, well, once, it, yeah. once, we, once we successfully came back, they were like, look, we want to say thanks to you guys. And what do you, what do you think about if we have some people come out and, and yeah, you know, they they sent out. I mean, it's most a good part of the cast went around to different parties around the country. I've got some great photos. I ought to, you know, scan some of these things up and yeah, um, we'd love to see them. Oh, I'd love uh, to see I've got some pictures from I got some pictures from the 50 minutes party with uh, with uh, Jacoby and Leah. So awesome! I, yeah, I maybe you can share that with us. We'd love to see that. 
And and on you know, when, when it was all over, when it was all over, um, I have to go out to L.A. on a Harley trip. And while I was out there, I just decided to, you know, they were in the midst of filming Fire Walk with me. And I was hanging around with my, a friend of mine who was a studio drummer out there. And I just, out of the blue, called up. And uh, David jumped on the phone and said, you got to come to the studio. Come right now. And we went. I spent a day and a half on the set. Wow. And uh, had, I had dinner with David, or lunch with David, went out and had drinks with uh, a Sherilyn fan. You know, uh, my my buddy and I partied with Bob and Little Mike, <laughs> and, uh, and, and that was one of the most incredible days of my life. Wow! Uh, and and, and it, to me, it, it, this whole thing it taught me a lot. In fact, I, I, some of the lessons we learned by doing this thing, I've applied in my career, and mm. and uh, and uh, actually for a long time, uh, actually the the campaign itself was something that was. Uh, discussed in my interview to work for the White House. Wow. In 1991-92, I went to work for George H.W. Bush, and I spent more time talking about the Twin Peaks campaign than anything <laughs> I'd ever done in my life. Isn't that something? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and one was, more it, thing. It, but, uh, go ahead, Keith. No, I was just going to say, it is kind of funny. We, we joked about how, I think Mike was quoted one time saying I was... Um, I find you quoted in the Washington Post, and I'm talking about donuts or something. And and, and there was a certain part of that where it did feel kind of like you know it was it was funny, it was kind of goofy, but at the same time it was pretty amazing. You know to see these clips rolling in and like you know this is you know there's, we're in the front page of the entertainment section, the San Diego paper at the Post at the Times, and Entertainment Weekly showing up at our you know uh, Entertainment Tonight at our parties. It was. It was kind of surreal for PR guys. I mean, it didn't matter what you were pitching. Those, I mean, those were home runs after home runs. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you, um, you know, sort of like catching lightning in the bottle. You just, you know, you just roll with it. And we, you know, we had a lot of fun with it. And, and I'm, I'm with Mike. I learned a lot about um, sort of the, the nature of building relationships with reporters and and people about using humor. Um, mm. You know, sort of having having fun with it. You know, I mean, because. <laughs> Yeah, you know, look, we're, we, these are all that have got jobs to do, and, and there's a lot of things that aren't that much fun to talk about or report on. And, you know, when you have a chance to do something like this, um, you know, you, you roll with it. I, you know, here I am, uh, you know, 20 to 25 years later, I'm still talking about it, and the show's already come back on the air. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, amazing. No kid. <laughs> so you I'm, know, I went, when, when I was, uh, when I left, in 1994, I moved to Russia. And, you know, Twin Peaks had been off the air for a little while. I moved there for seven years. When I arrived, Twin Peaks had just started airing on Russian television. And let me tell you, if you think American uh, people thought, you know, that it was edgy television, Russians are made for that kind of television. Mm. It became a national phenomenon in Russia. Wow. And sure enough, I, ran, I was I was talking to a, an executive from one of, from the number one television network, uh, uh, ORT, and uh, I happened to mention that my friend and I had started a group to save Twin Peaks and brought it back from the dead. He said, oh, you guys are coop. <laughs> <laughs> this is, That's awesome. This is in the Kremlin. In the Kremlin. Wow. I'm sitting there with the, with the, the head of the, the Russian television network. You guys are with coop. <laughs> and for about two or three weeks, I dined out on that. Every night I was going to another party. I was... I was one of the two guys that saved Twin Peaks in America. <laughs> and, and let me tell okay, you, and I got nothing. And I got nothing. And you got nothing. <laughs> I was over there. I dined out on that. I was going home with the most beautiful girls in the room. It was the most amazing. 
you know, two and a half weeks later, I was uh, yesterday at Potatoes, <laughs> but for a little while there, it was pretty fun. <laughs> That's awesome. So on February 21st, you had your first meeting. This is 1991. You, you, you designed the logo, the letters, the coupe, and you, you were pressing these T-shirts, four T-shirts, one for, for, for Keith, Mike, and, uh, and for Mark Frost and David Lynch. And the very next day, you ha- they had the press conference there. Lynch and Frost had a press conference. C- can you say anything about yep. that? Do you know, remember that experience? Oh, absolutely. That was the day after the, the uh, like maybe a day or two after the phone call, and um, yeah, and I'll remember, um, you know, we FedExed out the uh, the shirts to him. He said he wanted to, you know, have something. And I remember, I've, I've seen pictures. I'd love to, I'm sure I probably have, I guess, some old VHS tape somewhere of him holding up um, the shirts. But yeah, that was, I mean, again, again I mean, that the, the, the picture of uh, little Mike dancing, that was a, you know, a, a friend of ours who was a, an artist, uh, you know, drew that. And, and then we had another person who, was, who ran a you know, silkscreen shop that created the, you know, the little logo with the donuts. And it was, I mean, this was really kind of, you know, kind of like out of the um, basement kind of stuff. I mean, it really was, you know, created that way. And, um, you know, we didn't, like, Mike and I were joking earlier, if we had had done this now, you know, we would have just created the logo online and emailed it to Cafe Press um, and and, and would have just sat back and watched the the money come in, as it turns out. I don't know that we actually lost money, maybe, but we we certainly didn't make anything over the the course of the Well, we actually made money back. Yeah. You know, when, when, when they canceled the TV show, the same day they canceled it the second time, we got an envelope in the mail from a beautiful older woman who was a former Playboy centerfold, huh. married to uh, uh, some kind of billionaire or multimillionaire living out in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And she had gotten wind of what we were doing, called us, and we had a nice long conversation. About two weeks later, she sent us a check for 500 bucks. Wow. Wow. I said, we, the, the show had just been canceled. There was nothing we could do about it. And we looked at each other, and we were thinking, 500 Packers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> never gonna, Keith, if, if you remember, didn't she have a box car put in her backyard? And she had, it, yeah. she had the whole thing designed to look like the set from the murder scene right, in her yeah. backyard. Wow. Big but band. we gave yeah. that check back. We gave it back. <laughs> yeah, there were some. There, we definitely, definitely met some interesting, uh, some interesting characters along the way. That's uh, that's for sure. Can you tell us about Bob Young? He uh, WHFS FM in Washington. He helped promote uh, Coop. Oh, God, I've forgotten all about him. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, um, because they were actually for the for the local. They group, did the songs. Kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they started out. Yeah, they started. They, they started out with uh, helping us promote the event. Um, and you and got us on during um, drive time to to pump it up and help turn out the you know the first big crowd of people. Again, it was uh, you know I, I, mean, I don't know how many we started out with a dozen or so people, but by the time the, the first quote unquote meeting happened, up until we got to the um, the viewing party when it came back from our ice, we had several hundred people you know pouring out on the sidewalk. And you know, I'd forgotten. It's funny I, I had forgotten all about Bob, and, and they were definitely uh, well. He was definitely. With, a part of it. I mean, they actually produced a song about it, which was played on Dr. Demento. Yeah, give Pe- uh, Peaks a chance. Give yeah. Peaks a chance. There was a man. One of in one of our chat. One of the chapters made a made a music video with um with scenes from the show over to, uh, with the uh, song. So yeah. I remember that too. Yeah, I think so. I think it was by DJ 
glazed donut and the knotted cherry stems. And I think the Iowa Coop chapter had uh, Iowa. I, I'm sorry, Iowa. Yeah, Iowa. Yeah. Oh my the God, the Iowa chapter. Yeah. Oh, Keith. When I think about Iowa, I think we had Iowa. We had I mean, Miami, New York, LA. There were those were the ones that, that jump out to me because those were some of the places we had. In fact, I think Iowa was one of the places we had the uh, kind of viewing party with stars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the Dr. Demento, Demento show, it was played several times. At one time, it was number one song. For, for nice. Him. It was really cool. So so uh, the show is coming back. I mean, I was talking to John Thorne. I don't know if you know him. He, he was co-creator of Wrapped in Plastic magazine. I was just uh, emailing him the other day, and I mentioned I was going to be talking with you guys. And he says... Oh, it's it's you know they brought back Twin Peaks thanks to these guys. You know it's only taken twenty five years. a while. But what did, what did, what was your thoughts when you found out the show was actually coming back and to be on Showtime? Well, I'll tell you, I, I found out I was I, it, to me. I sent an email to Keith. Keith sent email back and forth every day, and I think I popped the first email over to you, Keith. And, and, I, and and then I then we heard that it was going south. Mm, but, you know, we kind of we're 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 on the outside looking in this time, and uh, real 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 curious about it. You guys probably know a heck of a lot more than we do. Yeah, I've been yeah. trying not. You know, honestly, I'm not a big spoilers guy. I mean, right. like you know, I mean, I said, and so I know a lot of the sites and on Twitter, you know, you know, like I'm I'm one. I don't like to see um, you know uh, too many things, you know, shots and who's on there. But I mean, I, I thought. You know, when I heard that there were certain people who were not going to be back, and like mm. you know, my boss and wasn't going to do it, so I've been keeping up with that. I mean, I follow the you know various Twin Peaks. Uh, you know, I started adding some more of them on um, Twitter, so I could keep up with that, and on Facebook, and you know, just reading the regular entertainment facts and stuff. I just kind of seeing what's going on. So, but I was pretty excited by that. I thought, you know, this is you know, there's it's like I said, the landscape is so different, but it'll be interesting to see what what uh, what David does. Um, with with really with a lot of freedom because I mean the the, the film the film was good um, but, you know it'll be interesting to see this is really a the, the small screen format but without the uh, limitations of, mm. of network it'll it'll be interesting to see but you know I don't know well I, I hope I'm not I'm sure I won't be let down it's sort of like X Files I was I was a big X Files fan too oh, yeah it, yeah when it just when they just came back for this short highest you know, a lot of people kind of panned it and yeah for me it was like. Yeah, there were some things about it. I didn't really like it when they started making fun of themselves, you know, sort of being self-referential. But <laughs> they were back on the air. I mean, Walter and Scully were back, and I was watching them new shows, and I think that's how I'm going to feel about Peaks. It'll be, it'll be so much nostalgia and the fact that they'll actually be back, and there'll be a lot of these little references and things that um, uh, those of us who you know really were there when the show first came on the air yeah. Um, well, I think really appreciate it. Be all, and, and be a, probably in some ways, I'll probably feel like I did watching uh, uh, the new reboot of Star Wars too. I'm sort of getting all my geek stuff out here now, but that <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. There were there were little jokes. <laughs> me and I got a 15 year old daughter. She loves Star Wars, but she mm. didn't get all the jokes that I got. Man, right. I had a whole different I had a whole different level of sort of nostalgia appreciation for that film, and I have a feeling that uh, that's how I'm going to feel about um, about Peaks. And plus, I got to make sure I get back to watch all the episodes. You you got cool points out of your daughter on there, Twin Peaks. <laughs> I, I I did. I told her to Google me the other day, and I said yes. Yeah, so I said check out me and Uncle Mike, and said just put my name in Twin Peaks. And she started looking at it. And I was like, you know, she she follows all the you know she's fifteen, so she keeps up with the, the pop culture stuff. And she was like, wow. She's like, she, she was like, 
that is kind of cool, Dad. I'm like, I know it's cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 then, and then suddenly I wasn't again. <laughs> then, I was, then I was back to being Phil Dunphy, but uh, at, at that point, I was. she thought I was kind of cool. That's awesome. Now, you guys you guys were involved with it for a long time, uh, Coop, even though when the show went off the air. Um, in November 1991, uh, Snow. Sin- Snow Me Falls, uh, there was a whole preservation to, to just kind of save the falls in Washington State. Can you share right. with that? Like, what was that like? That was kind of small. I mean, from what I remember, there were, I mean, when I think about what, I mean, most of our flurry of activity was around from the time that the show was put on hiatus until it came back on the air. And then we got involved helping promote the movie a little bit. And then, yeah, I think I recall that there was, because of the Sequamie Falls, there was some environmental um, um, things going on because of obviously the symbolism that shows. I mean, yeah, we had lists. I mean, you know, even like today, data management, data is important. And, you know, look, we had a valuable list and there were people that were reaching out to us wanting to, uh, to help. But those are the only ones I remember yeah. really doing much with. I mean, we kind of, we kind of did the movie thing and kind of helped them out. They, they sent us a couple of props, which was kind of cool. Um, um, I don't, and yeah, I like things on the set. Yeah, yeah. I think I still got my uh, uh, Laura's um, cigarette case somewhere, huh. and, uh, along with, and I think Margaret and Mike. I think you had one of those, um, one of the uh, prom queen uh, frame photos from the mantle. Yeah, so I got the prom queen frame photo from the mantle from the fireplace. Cool. So yeah. I mean, can... I have that up in my office. <laughs> So in a way, you you guys partially did save uh, Twin Peaks. I mean, you guys had twenty thousand members in four weeks. You had a letter campaign that was over eleven thousand letters. You guys sent logs and stale donuts, and you get did so much that they did bring back, uh, they did bring back the show for you know you know another another few weeks before then it, it went off the air and when it, it did a two hour movie. But you guys made a big difference, I think, in in, in keeping the show on as long as it did. No, I like to think so. I mean, they certainly gave us credit for it. I mean, I think the ABC folks, you know, that was one thing that, uh, you know, even though I like a good um, um, uh, protest as much as the next guy, we really had a lot of fun with being positive. Like, look, bring it back because we love the show. Mm. Um, right. Um, we remember yeah, no, we did the boycott. Remember that? Right. We, yeah, that was actually we, we where we started thanking the advertisers. And if you advertise, we sent out a mailer to, with a list of advertisers. We we said, buy your buy their products. And uh, take a picture of yourself and send it to this address. We got an address for each each advertising director of every company. One guy even bought a Cadillac and sent his picture. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> it was it was you know it was not a boycott, a boycott. And that was yeah, that was Operation awesome. Pine. That was Operation Pine. We was one I think Ad Age wrote about that again. The first I think they called it the first ever boycott. Um, right, Operation so, Pine Weasel. Oh my God, <laughs> we were smoking really good weed or something. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm um, uh, Brad Dukes, uh, who did the book Reflections, uh, Twin Peaks book. Uh, he has his own podcast, and recently he mentioned that Steven Spielberg was trying to save the show. I don't know if you ever knew that. He actually, uh, Steven Spielberg actually wrote to ABC and was really uh, pushing to try and save it. And I even think he even said, if, if if ABC won't take the show, we should put it on Showtime, which I didn't even know Showtime was even around 25 years ago. But, yeah. But, no, I never yeah, heard about were, Spielberg. They, yeah, they, uh, maybe he was the guy married to the, the Playboy fund. <laughs> you know what I say? I think I, I I don't remember him buying any T-shirts. So. Uh, right yeah. there you go. Yeah, where so was he's he? De- so he's, de- he's dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, I mean, is there anything else you guys want to share about about the experience of, of putting together Coop? Well, one more, one last thing I, w- I want to share before we go. Keith and I are just fuddy-duddy dads now with with teenage daughters. And if you guys got any pull, we'd love to take part in whatever's going on with the new Swift Peak. Wouldn't we, Keith? Yeah, absolutely, man. That'd you know, awesome. give us a call. Well, yeah, give us a call. Hurt. Hey, David, we're the guys from Coop. <laughs> give us a call. Remember, you know Keith's office number. <laughs> that would be awesome. I know there's a... There's, there was some kind of auction thing going on right now for uh, a bid to get on Twin Peaks show, but I think oh, wow. last I checked, it was over ten thousand dollars to, oh, to get God. on the show. But that would have been something. But yeah, I know I, that would be something to be. That's a lot of t-shirts, my That's friend. That's a lot of t-shirts. Yeah. Oh man. Well, thank yeah, I haven't. You know, it's funny. I haven't even really tried to reach out to anybody, but uh, you know, it would be. Um, I'm just looking forward to watching it. You know, it would be fun to be involved in something. But we'll. Uh, We'll just see. Um, hopefully, we'll have a great run, and we won't have to. We won't have to uh, reorganize the army. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, I, I did. I did get a chance to see David Lynch. He, he had a uh, this um, his uh, uh, meditation foundation had an event in Manhattan that I went to. And I used to donate to his foundation, hmm. so I got tickets. And afterward, uh, the head of the foundation had heard the story about Coop, and and he took me up there to to reintroduce me to David Lynch. <laughs> And I said, hi, David, how you doing? Michael Caputo from Coop. And he looked at me, and I think he was looking for security. Oh. And I was like, get this guy. Here's a weirdo. Uh. <laughs> so I gave up on trying to contact David. He's like, nice to meet you, sir. Home, get right. a nice ride back to the hospital. Oh. No. Here's a sandwich. Here's a sandwich. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you guys. Thank yeah, you both thank for you. your time. We really do appreciate. It. I think I mean I was so fascinating to talk to you guys too, just to get the history of it. I mean, I didn't even get to share it at the beginning. I I watched the show originally. I think I was uh, 15 when it came on. I watched the show. Brian is new to this, so this yeah. is, he, he hasn't even finished the series yet. So we're but, three. Yeah, we're a couple oh, episodes. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous actually. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That'd be a, that'd be the great second person to have on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. It, it was exciting. I mean, it, I think some things get spoiled for Brian, but he he didn't know who killed Laura Palmer. No, he, he was able to. Oh, find, and and yeah, he thought you thought it was Ben Horn. I thought it was Ben Horn for a while. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. He's gonna need to have new people. But thank you so much for you guys' time, and and thank you for all you guys did to keep the show on the air and keep it going. And uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, thank well, you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for giving us a call. It was a, a great memories, and it's nice to know that, you know, maybe we did a little something good. It's good talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thank guys. you. Yep. See you. See you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again, Mike and Keith, for being on the show. Dude, those guys were pretty awesome. That was so cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's so interesting to hear the history of that. And, like, these are experts. I mean, what I'm really fascinated, and I didn't realize until really recently, that these guys really were experts. They were PR guys. They knew that they had some, they they were skilled people. And they and thanks to them, they were able to do this incredible campaign that went nationwide. It wasn't just in Washington, Washington, D.C. Without the internet. Without the internet. I mean, over 11,000 letters went to ABC. They got stale donuts and they sent logs. <laughs> and they and they bombarded people with corn, cream, <laughs> cream corn. corn and stuff. I mean, 
it was so impressive. I mean, it's amazing what they were able to accomplish. They were able to save the show. They because you think about it, it could have ended with episode twenty three. It could have just been which would have been a shame. It would have been a shame. Josie would have been stuck in the door, the doorknob, and that would have been the end of Twin Peaks. And they were able to with their with their campaign, they were able to get the show to come back. They were able to run for another, I think, four weeks, and then they were able to do the two last episodes as a movie in that June. So I mean, yeah, it was so. I mean, I was so great to talk with those guys. And you could tell they really enjoyed. reminiscing and talking about this and maybe it's something they don't talk about all the time and you you could just tell in their voices how much this meant to them and how much fun they had with it and they said the emphasis on fun like we'll have a good time doing this and um hopefully maybe at some point we can get some of these pictures they had mentioned in the interview yeah maybe online yeah that'd be something maybe we could get yeah on their social media their twitter yeah we'll have to look into that and you think about it if they had if they started something now, it would have been a hashtag on Twitter. Right. Save Twin Peaks. Save Twin Peaks. And it would have been like a web page and a petition. Right. Well, look at I me. Mean, we, we, we don't have far to look back. It was just last year. It yeah. was just last April that David Lynch uh, said he was done with the show. And we have uh, things. Videos. We had videos of the actors. And we had all these. Every, you know, it was constant. We were constantly yeah. bombarding. Uh, Showtime to say, bring back David Lynch and stuff. So, but it's so cool because I, if I get something in the mail today, I throw it away. But I don't know what it's from. But yeah. they mailed things and people responded. But you know, even that's today, cool. I think even today, like you know, if you if you wanted to contact your congressman, or I think people still respect letters. There's something yes, special there's something about, to be said about a letter. A letter that you take the time to sit down and write something. Yeah, and honestly, they a lot of times the politicians will read that before they read an email and stuff. Yep. To this day, but yeah. It is something to be said that they were able to do this. And, yeah. And they, they said only, it was only a matter of days that they were able to put this together. That and, amazes yeah, me. That's so else. cool. So I thought we could end the show well, uh, with uh, with the uh, Give Peaks a Chance song. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. And so, I mean, this comes from uh, from the Dr. Demento, Demento show. And, and he aired it several times. I think this version comes from June 3rd, uh, 1991. But he was he, he played it several times on his show. And this was a really a rally call. I mean, it's based on, you know, the give, be- piece it, give Peace a Chance and stuff. But it's still, it's a fun thing. And it was played on all sorts of radios. It played it on college radio. It was it, That's you know, awesome. It was, yeah, it was awesome. So we'll be back again next week. Yeah, so you can get us on Twitter, Twin Peaks Unwrapped, on Facebook, Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Give us an email at twinpeaks.wrapped at gmail.com. And please subscribe and comment uh, and rate and comments on iTunes. Yep. Please, please. Please. Keep those coming. We, we, we're getting emails. We're getting a whole bunch of cool stuff through social media. Uh, keep it coming. We enjoy the feedback. And we'll be on again next Wednesday. Yeah, next Wednesday. We're going back into season two. Yep. We're, we're Yeah, we're twenty episode 24. We'll yes. be back. Awesome. I'm very excited. Thank you. Time once again for the hottest and the coolest D-Metic discs and tapes of the week. The Funny Five. Here is number five. Harry, I'm really going to miss this place. Everybody's talking about Agent Cooper. Harvey Hoy. Dylan Hogan being called. Bob Iger, here's a fact. Twin Peaks, we want it back. All we are saying. I'm a Shuffle off the buffalo. Everybody.
Nobody's talking about Laura Palmer in the ground. Killer Bob's to the round. Next stop, ABC. Another season of TV. All we are saying is Blog Grady with a log. James Hurley on his hog. David Lynch and Mark Frost. We knew peaks at any cost. All we are saying is give peaks a chance. Number five on the funny five, first in the hearts of peakies everywhere. DJ Glaze, Donut, and the Knotted Cherry Stack.